let's uh, turn to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Uh, I want to get... verses here. Um, Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to go through and read uh, several verses and, and uh, then jump to another place, but I'm going to start here. Fourth verse, fourth verse, 24th chapter, Matthew. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So those verses there, that doesn't sound too good. What a terrible, what a terrible place to... To start, but I tell you what, you start there, and I hope to end up in a, in a, in in a good place. And this is good if we understand that. Last Sunday, I tried to preach on rightly dividing uh, the word of truth, and and the, in those verses in that section there in Timothy, Paul's letter to, to Timothy, his son in the ministry, uh, and so we we must strive to uh, accurately interpret Scripture. And all, but we hear this, this, and and we can see, we can see in here, we in in knowing, looking back, and knowing what the apostles, what Jesus's disciples went through, he's certainly warning them. This stuff took place back then a lot. You know, I I tend to bring it today to present day time and all, and and warnings and all, and try to uh, uh, to remember that. And in fact, uh, in First uh, Peter. First uh, Peter five and eight. Let me get one verse, and then I'll go to where I want to concentrate on. But five, uh, chapter five, First Peter, uh, verse eight. Peter is warning them: be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may. Devour, so he gives this warning there. I think the prayer of Jesus for Peter, the apostle Peter, was answered: "When thou art strengthened, I mean, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren." He's he's doing that. 
So we have, we have proof, not that I would doubt that the prayer of Jesus would not be answered to his Father and so forth. But So there's warning there. I read, you, you heard the words I read there in Matthew 24. And then we have this, this warning here. And he's warning, obviously, the, the, the ones he wrote to and spoke to at this time, but also us. Uh, but uh, I would like to go to the uh, 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. Um, and as I, uh, again, tried to uh, study this, these few verses, just the first few verses of this chapter 20, not only can the entire chapter be spread over weeks and weeks or months of, of sermon time, preaching time, but I, I, I found that as I was looking through here and thinking if I might be blessed to speak on this today, how even one verse would just blow up and expand into so much uh, here. But that's, that's not what I feel like my purpose is today. I want to get a couple, and I always try to think of, well, what, what is the purpose? What, what, I'm, what am I talking about? What am I trying to bring to God's people? We, I, preachers should at least try to stay focused. We're not always. It's, it's hard. Uh, but uh, uh, So I just want to bring a couple of things out here and uh, to, to you this morning, keeping in mind those things that I just read. Uh, and please continue to pray for me. The first verse of this chapter, it begins, the chapter says, uh, And I saw an angel uh, come down from heaven, having, a, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Uh, so that's, that's the first sentence in that chapter. So I'll pause there a moment. So what what in the world <laughs> does that that mean? Now certainly this this uh, this key uh, and this bottomless pit and this chain these are all metaphoric terms here. Uh, uh, I think we should concentrate on the great, uh, infinite, eternal power of Almighty God here of Jesus Christ. Uh, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He has great power. His, in his sovereignty, he holds these things uh, figuratively here. And, was, so this, and this is all we have so far. Now, in, uh, in Malachi, real quick, so we have this, and I saw an angel. We have to be careful not to be trapped into thinking, okay, there's an angel, it's an angel from heaven and so forth, and the angels as we envision them with the wings and everything and all. It, and, and anyway, I'm not going to, every time I think this, I won't say it, but it's like, as I believe you already know, I could preface a lot with that. But angel is messenger. I think the first, the, the first uh, two, three uh, chapters of Revelation, which is literal, it says seven churches, their letters, message to those seven churches, they were real churches. It's, it's literal and all. And then you get more into this, this figurative and metaphorical 
stuff in Revelations. But uh, uh, we're, we're, we're blessed if we read. The, I don't want to avoid the Word of God. I know someone recently, some preacher I was listening, maybe been at our meeting, but, but some of the Old Testament books, are, oh, it's just, it's just you get through there if you're reading the entire Bible and think, how am I going to get through this? Oh, my, all these families and gene, genealogies and so forth. Uh, but there's great blessings in this, but, but there's an encouragement in this as well. So this, I saw an angel, a messenger, Jesus Christ, where do we have that? Third chapter of Malachi, the first verse. Behold, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. There's that messenger, Jesus Christ. And I love that even John the Baptist is prophesied there, and and this messenger that prepared the way for Lord uh, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so uh, we, we we but we said I don't want to get hung up on this first uh, this first uh, verse here. Uh, but um, uh, so let me let me continue. Go to the second verse. And move on. And he laid hold on the dragon. So he is this angel who. Because you know, if we have a pronoun, you look back to see, you know, see what uh, what it's pointing to, uh, and it's this angel. Where, where's the noun? He laid hold on the dragon, and 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 I think of children's stories and nursery rhymes and all that, dragons and everything. But again, metaphorical. Uh, so we're told what the dragon is. This is wonderful. In the second verse. He tells us what this is. We don't have to... Uh, it's, it doesn't take much to rightly divide this, to accurately interpret this part, at least. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent. I love that phrase, that old serpent. Let's put Satan where he belongs, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. That's who that dragon is. So we're told... We have the definition for that dragon right there in those words. So what happened to Satan, who is the devil, who is the old serpent? Jesus laid hold on him. There's the power of a sovereign God. Satan never had a chance. Satan never had a chance. But what about the 24th chapter of of Matthew, those verses I read? And then Peter's warning us, be be sober and, and vigilant. He's waiting, to watching, and uh, to, for whom he may devour and all. Well, I'll continue. I'll continue. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And bound him a thousand years. Um, now, let me put a parenthetical thought here as I continue. Now, uh, many, many people uh, in the world today believe that Jesus Christ uh, uh, is his, his, uh, they would say his plan, but uh, his purpose and and what he will do, what uh, is to come back down here onto this earth literally, physically, and set up a kingdom. And, and sit upon his throne here, literally, a literal throne, and set up a literal kingdom. 
and for 1,000 years. 1,000 years. Well, I'll, I'll stop, pause here. That is not true. Think, well, look at how, how many people actually profess that and believe. And I will, I tell you what, the great numbers in the world today uh, of believing something does not mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's right. We have the Word of God that tells us that. Uh, and, and, well, I want to get sidetracked. Uh, but, uh, so, where, where is one place I want to go? And even in the words of Jesus Christ Himself. If he's going to come and do that, he's going to come back to this planet. Uh, and and I'm, one verse is coming to mind in another book, and I, but I, Lord willing, get to that. But uh, uh, if he's going to come to this earth and, and set up a kingdom sitting upon a literal throne here, then, okay, he's not yet, he's not yet reigning then. He's not reigning if he's not the king. And, uh, and uh, so he, he's got to wait and set that up. Let me go to John, the 18th chapter, and when he's in front of Pilate, Jesus is in front of Pilate here, and it says in the 33rd verse of this 18th chapter of the Gospel of John, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Art thou king of the Jews? And, he, and uh, then he, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell, tell it thee of me? Uh, so he asked Pilate that. Jesus never denies being king here. He doesn't deny being king, king of the Jews, or he's, he's king of kings of all. Uh, and, and when he comes again, not to set up a kingdom here. He's, he's already reigning. Uh, but when he comes again and when he calls and then all will know. They'll know. Those that think this is foolishness now. But, but we need to be, as Brother Jeff prayed, we need to be edified in, in all this. Not be scared by it. Uh, and he's not going to come uh, in some secret uh, rapture. And some not here that, that he should be going to heaven and then be left behind. Again, another heresy. Do we not think that God is, is, is powerful enough, strong enough, and his purpose perfect enough in this covenant that he will gather all that God gave him when he calls him? So he doesn't ever deny being king. Um, Pilate answered, am I, uh, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. Uh, what hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. Oh, okay, he's got a kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. He has a kingdom. He's not coming back down here to set up a kingdom on this earth, a literal kingdom. Uh, he has a kingdom. I'm thankful that in my life uh, and in the church, uh, I have seen him reigning. Uh, I have seen the King of kings and Lord of lords. I felt that. Uh, uh, we each need uh, uh, to be given that in justification by faith to realize our salvation in him and that he is reigning. I need to see his great power each and every time uh, we come uh, to God's house. I need to see that and feel that. I need to 
to be lifted up. I continually pray uh, that our congregations are not distracted uh, uh, during the the, uh, the worship service. Uh, uh, but uh, I also pray uh, that, uh, well, I, I'm part of the congregation. I pray that I'm not distracted. Uh, we owe it to our great king of kings uh, uh, to give him our undivided attention. Now, when you got some guy like me up here talking, though, it, you know, uh, that's not him, it's me. <laughs> when, when, when you can't help but be distracted, but uh, he, is, he says, uh, thou, uh, he says, uh, my kingdom uh, is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then, uh, I, then would my servants uh, uh, fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore uh, said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered. He doesn't say, No, I'm not. He just he answers what he wants to answer, uh, what he intends to answer. He doesn't want for anything. Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. To this end I was born. And for this cause... Came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. He is king. His kingdom exists today. It exists today. Jesus is king. He, he will not come. No matter what someone tells us, uh, he, there is no, and I'll get into this deeper in a minute, this, there is no 1,000 year reign. Of, of, of a king uh, by, of Jesus Christ here on this planet there's not there is no scripture for it think, well if you've read ahead a lot of people do well it says talks about you know a thousand years thousand years well I'll get to that in a moment I'm not there yet I'm just going to go over three to four verses in this in this chapter I intend to uh, but uh, so uh so I've got that out of the way. No, no, one thousand year reign here. And there's, and I think I've I've gone over this the, the three or four different types of millennial type doctrines and, and all. And I don't get into all that again. Each one is an can be an entire sermon. Certainly all four together. One. That's not what my intention is. And I've spoken on that before. Uh, so he laid hold on the dragon that that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And bound him a thousand years. Now let me. That's there's. That's not the end of that sentence. There's a comma right there. So let me finish the sentence. So he bound him a thousand years. There's that thousand years, and thousand. That number thousand is all throughout God's word, and yet. Some of them are specific. They do mean 1,000. That's a number. The other ones mean something else. So, so he, he, he and bound him up a 1,000 years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. Sounds pretty secure. Well, this is God. This is Jesus Christ. Uh, why? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? God, again, is merciful that he tells us why he did that. It's right here. 
after another comma. He did that, that he should deceive the nations no more. That he should deceive the nations no more. There's the reason right there. So we're, we're given, given the words. We can break that, this, this sentence up. Uh, so how long does that take place? How long? He's in this bottomless pit. Uh, and so how long? And, and it's a bottomless pit. So he doesn't, he doesn't hit the bottom of it and so forth. This is all figurative. But so that he should deceive the nations no more till, here, here's how long, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Question is when, when and where is that thousand years and what is that thousand years? And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Who must be loosed? Uh, who must be loosed? Uh, the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. He must be loosed a little season. So he has been. He has been bound. Now you might, and you might think, and go back again if you've forgotten already. It's the twenty-fourth chapter of Matthew, and then First uh, Peter, uh, the warnings of, of of him, and and then also. If you don't even do that, look around today out in the world with the situation the world is in, which, which I could have been, and I, I do. I'll, I'll just get some little headline or something, and it will make me angry. I'm never, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I, so far, I have never been so, uh, seen the things happening and been so fearful that I am in despair. No, I, I, I'm fearful for what... I want a comfortable life. I want a safe life, my family, and so forth. And, and uh, as, as, you know, as, we, as I grow older and I've talked to others, like, we look back and think, oh, I, I long for the days of more s- simple times and so forth. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Elder Mark Quarles, he's been told if he, if he didn't have Andy Griffith shows, he wouldn't be able to preach. He's continually going back to that simple time and quoting things, and all that's a good show. Uh, but uh, uh, and I think about that and all. But so we just have to look around today, and and uh, uh, I I am concerned uh, for uh, we we you know we uh, we raised a son and he's an adult. He's out on his own, has his own family. Okay. We're, we're done. I still feel somewhat responsible. I shouldn't. I'm not for him. Uh, but now he has a family. Now I've got a granddaughter to worry about. So I'm thankful for her. But you have that. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, we look, we look around at this. Well, is Satan, does not look like Satan is bound, uh, is bound in a chain and uh, in, in dumped into a bottomless pit and all. It sounds, sounds like he is loose. Uh, right now, uh, but uh, it, it says that he uh, bound him uh, bound him a thousand years. Uh, now let me get this this uh, time frame behind us. This thousand years here. So uh, notice that it doesn't say anywhere one thousand years. It says a thousand, a thousand. Well, you're, you may be thinking already, thinking, well, but oh, we're in the in that next verse, in the so a thousand in the second verse, and in the third verse it says the thousand. Okay, that sounds closer to one thousand. 
It's not, but it sounds closer. Well, you have to look back. What's that the? What's the, the, the thousand? The, what thousand? What is the thousand we're talking about in the third verse? It's the a thousand in the second verse. That thousand. A thousand. Same thing in the uh, seventh verse says, and when the thousand, it points back to the sixth verse, a thousand. Now, I think of it this way. That uh, uh, if I say, and I've said this before, you get up in the morning and you think, I've got a thousand things to do. Well, I don't have one thousand things to do. Maybe I do. I don't know. I haven't checked with Kathy yet. But uh, I don't have one. I, don't, I say I have a thousand things to do. A lot. I have a lot, a great number of things to do. Now, if I said I have one thousand things to do, well, that's a specific number. That's gone from being being a, a large, just a, in undetermined number, indeterminate, uh, to a specific number. And now I've gone to exaggeration. I'm exaggerating. I don't have one thousand, so I don't say that. I say, oh, I have a thousand things to do. So you can kind of think of it uh, that way. Here, it's a thousand. Uh, <clears throat> Now, in, uh, I think it's Psalm, if I can find it, Psalm, I think Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 90, verse 4, says, For a thousand, a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday. When it is past. Time means nothing to God. We know that. And as a watch in the night. Now, Second Peter chapter 3. He's pretty much, I think, uh, pointing to that. But Second Peter, 3rd chapter, 8th verse. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that... One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. doesn't mean anything. A thousand is a great number. We don't know how long that is. So, so we've got that. So when you ask, well, how long is he going to be uh, bound and cast into this bottomless pit? Well, it's a thousand years, because he says, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a season. So, again, my mind, I'm, I can only go where my mind takes me. But, think, well, that can't be right now because he is not bound. He is, seems like he's just running amok in the world. Even more so, it seems, every day. But I'll tell you what, he is bound. He is bound. Uh, in Hebrew... Hebrews, the second chapter. Hebrews chapter 2. And I'll just grab this, uh, this, uh, this is just a partial sentence, but the 14th verse, second chapter of Hebrews. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part in the, of the same. Now, here's what I want, the second half of that phrase. That through death 
he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, that he might destroy. At Calvary, he destroyed Satan. Uh, that song that Brother Keith, I believe, selected, 221, which, which is called, titled, At Calvary. But part of this now says that I, I forget exact words, but uh, uh, I now own uh, him as my king. I now own him as my king. He is my king. We should own him as our king. He has destroyed him, the devil, that had the power of death. First uh, John... Chapter 3, the 8th verse. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. So that's one sentence there. Let me get this one, the second one. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. There's some binding there. There's some restraint. Binding, when you bind something, you restrain it. You constrict it and restrain it. Jesus Christ has done that. He's restrained. And, and uh, he, uh, he's, he's bound him. And, and, so, and so he destroyed Satan himself, as we just read. Uh, but now it says that uh, that uh, he that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ at Calvary even destroyed what the devil has done or will do. It's destroyed. It's all obliterated. It's destroyed, wiped out. Uh, that's what Jesus Christ did. And I think so. At the same time. He's taking all of our sins upon him and saving us eternally, shedding the redeeming blood. He's our redeemer. He's doing all of this. And maybe I should, I was going to say, maybe I should just the rest of my life just preach of what took place on the cross, in that crucifixion, just that time, because there's so much there. But he has bound, Satan is bound there. For a thousand years till that time is up. Now, in Revelation 12, Revelation 12, uh, verse 10, Revelation 12, verse 10. Uh, and I heard a, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is, is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of of our God and the power of his Christ. The sentence is not finished yet, but in their great power and encouragement in that, this is God. This is God here. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, a loud voice. Uh, my dad would have liked that. He got loud. He, he One time dad was preaching down at Harlingen in the valley, Rio Grande Valley, and and he looks back, and uh, near the back row, there was an elderly lady, 
and she literally had her fingers in her ears just like, it wasn't like this. She had them like this. He was hollering so loud. He got loud when he preached and all. But uh, so, and, and, and I remember, remember that. Maybe he's trying to pe- keep people awake. But uh, so this loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength. It's come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. Sounds like it already exists. <laughs> Sounds like it already exists. And the power of his Christ. Everything. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Our accuser, which uh, is our accuser of the brethren, is cast down. He is. That's the state that Satan is in right now. He is cast down. The Lord is risen indeed. Satan is cast down indeed. He is, he is bound. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful to know that that helps me, that restraint. Immediately I think, well, goodness, what, what, what would things look like were he not restrained? This, is, this seems pretty bad, but he's restrained. And again, as I mentioned a Sunday or two, whenever it was, that, uh, uh, that God, I see God calmly and in perfection, in excellence, and in power and strength and love and mercy and grace, sitting upon his throne, just, just sitting there. He's just reigning, this God, our great king. And Jesus Christ is God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But there's a, there's a calmness. That's what, and I can just breathe out then when I'm, the anxiety is just taking over. We need to remember. So I don't need to dwell on the, uh, um, the heresy or the falsehood that there will be a 1,000-year reign. Uh, after, and this is only one of those millennial doctrines, but after Jesus Christ comes and sets up a kingdom here, visible kingdom. No. Uh, and then, okay, a thousand, the, the clock's running. No. I don't, no, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have, so it's, it's, it's a great number of years, and he's reigning now. Let's look to the power uh, of God. Uh, so, let me, let me close with... First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. I I use this so many, and I I use this so often at, at for funerals that I often I don't often go to it when I'm trying to preach. But certainly, so you think, okay, we're not. There's no one thousand year reign. It's just a thousand, a long time. Uh, Satan is restrained. He's bound. And, I'll, and I don't want to, and I, I started getting in the fourth verse and so on. It's like it just exploded on me. Just the, this, uh, until uh, he'll be loose to season and the nations and so forth, deceived them and so forth. And I'll, I don't even, I won't get into that now. Don't feel led to. Uh, 16th verse, the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout. That shout ain't going to be... Get ready, I'm fixing to set up a kingdom down there. Get my throne ready. And I'll, no, he tells us what it, when he comes again and uh, his, I'll say, yes, his second coming, but his final coming, that's it. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout. Last time he left heaven, you know what he came to do. And you know what he suffered the last time. This time he'll come in glory. And all will be raised from the grave. They'll all be raised. And they'll know. He shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ shall rise first. So that resurrection, those that are in the grave, they're going to rise first. So so far, like, oh, okay, I guess if he's still, if I continue reading and he's going to set up a literal kingdom here, sit on upon his throne for 1,000 years and uh, resurrect these people and then they will bow down to him and so forth, he will reign over them. No, because it doesn't say that. It does not say that. And I tell you what, something else I've, I've come across in recent months, uh, I forget who, who who's writing it was, doesn't matter, but we should... Uh, uh, which, as we're trying to rightly divide the Word of God, uh, if you have something that's not so clear, we'll take something that is clear and weigh it against that. Weigh it against that. If you begin to think that you need to do something to save yourselves eternally, to be in heaven, then you go weigh that thought of your imagination because it's not in here. You go weigh that with these verses. That, that does not reconcile with this verse or that verse, Ephesians 2, whatever it is. So you, you, you do that. So then it says, 17th verse, Then we which are alive and remain... So now he's talking about everyone that's alive. I don't know if that will be me or if I'm one of those in the 16th verse, that I'm in the grave. It, it doesn't matter to me. If I'm alive, uh, you know, mortality has it that, that it'll be within several years, you know, that, that if I'm still alive in the 17th verse, still alive and remain, not Methuselah, not going to live that long. I don't want to. They discover somewhere we can live, uh, quote, unquote, forever. I don't, I'm not going to take it. No. Ain't going to take that vaccine. So, uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's where we're going to be. Because I tell you what, I won't be able to wait. I'm going to be jumping up and I'm going to be, but he's going to draw us up there. We're going to go to him. We're going to meet our Savior and Redeemer. In the, we're going to have our eyes on it. You think, you know, Peter was walking on the water and he removed his eyes from looking at Jesus and he began to sink and so forth. And our eyes will be on him. We're going to be drawn to him uh, again as we were when he called us. But we'll... We, uh, we'll we, those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And this wraps it up. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, period. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's it. So read that verse 
and then go to the 20th chapter of Revelation and weigh it against that. He can't be setting up a kingdom to reign down here. And he told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. He is the king. He didn't deny it. He would have told Pilate, uh, and he even told his disciples, I would have told you, I would have told you, and so forth. And, and, but he is the king, but so much more of a king than they thought. Pilate, of course. And even the, the apostles, they didn't understand till after, till after he was gone. Now, they did. Uh, after he, and, and then, so, uh, he's... he's Jesus is resurrected, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, so they then they walk with them and all, and they're taught by him and uh, and, and so forth. But uh, uh, but then when he ascended, I cannot imagine uh, uh, watching him go away after you after you have been with him with Jesus Christ. Remember that road to Emmaus and all. Surely our hearts burn within us. And so then those apostles, when they saw him go away then, thinking, oh, I didn't ask him this or that. I didn't talk to him about this. I didn't tell him how much I was thankful for what he's done for us. They did continue in the church until most of them were martyred. And, uh, but they saw him go away. But in like manner, he shall return out in the clouds. He'll return. And we'll meet him in the air. And not one, not one. Do you think Jesus Christ would leave you behind? No. Because look at the price he paid for you. Uh, body, soul, and spirit. He paid his, not only he shed his blood, uh, but he, uh, uh, he sacrificed himself. And then back up and see all his physical suffering here as well. In view of all those, of his disciples and all those uh, who followed him uh, uh, and then the, his apostles and so forth. And they were fearful and deserted him. None of them. They all left him there in that mock trial and so forth. But, but he sacrificed himself. He took upon himself the wrath of a just, righteous, and almighty God. Because that's what we would have t- had to take on ourselves is that wrath. And he took that upon himself for enemies, for sinners. He did that for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We didn't have an inkling of life that we might accept him and gain eternal life. It just doesn't, it doesn't reconcile with God's word for one thing. But don't be fearful of, of uh, well, I've got to, you know, if you see here, figure out some math of this 1,000 years, and, and then Satan is, is just going to run even more amok and so forth. Or another thought on the millennialist doctrine is, is that Jesus will come before that 1,000, I mean, will become after the 1,000 years, and a lot many will turn to him, uh, to Christianity and so forth, and it's just all convoluted. We don't have to have that. We can have simplicity uh, in God's word. Rightly divide that and, 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 and accurately interpret that and know that at some point, if we're walking and alive and remain, then uh, he will, with that loud voice of the shout and the trump, he will call our names and we will go to him 
and that's it. I long for that day. I, 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 so uh, please continue to pray. May God bless and keep you. Amen, brother. We'll sing a song now.